And in order to keep our broadcasting license, we devote Sunday night dead time to public service shows of limited appeal. This is Talk and Audio. Off we go on an all-new week of the Talk and Audio podcast. My name's Matt Robinson, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. And uh, we're happy to be welcoming back in studio guy who has, I guess, dubbed the future of this podcast, Big Blunt Audio. Yes. Uh, Steve Lloyd's here. How's it going, man? I forgot about that. Yeah. Did you bring the stuff? <laughs> yeah. Are we starting today? Are did, we- <laughs> did, we, did we find my guy? Did you get your guy? <laughs> uh, that was, uh, I don't know, Lloydie's well wishes for us on episode yes. 1000. Uh, yeah, I was making fun of your, um, the name of Tallcan. Yes. And so uh, you're going to further this. Sure. Now that everything's legal, it's going to be Big Blunt. Uh, radio instead. Second edition of the podcast, yes, season yeah. two, if you want to call it that. <laughs> Thanks for coming back in, man. Oh, well, you know what? It's a tough commute for me. Yeah. Folks, I walk here. It takes less than 15 minutes. And that's great because it allows you free range of the, the TCA beer fridge right there and uh, with no no concerns. <laughs> Could about be a 45-minute walk home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Little zigzag here sure. and there. It happens. Uh, what do you got going over there? What, are you what did you today? give me here? Yeah. I've got... I've got a little uh, Fenland Falls Brewing Company. This is a Mexican-style lager. I have never tried it, and I always make a point when uh, you invite me over to try something I haven't tried before, and you never disappoint. There's enough great craft beer out there. You can always try something new. It's true. Uh, the Fenland Falls Brewing Company, not too far from the uh, the family cottage. So right. over the summer, we grab a couple things out of there, and, and many of them make their way back up here. Uh, I've tried it a couple times. I found that one to be... Be pretty nice. Mm, very uh, smooth. Yeah. Very nice. So this one that I have going on is from the, uh, the Blood Brothers Brewing Company down in Toronto, which I think is one of, uh, one of Creature's go-to breweries when he, I uh, think he's ordered from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is called Shumi or Shumei, S-H-U-M-E-I. Uh, it is an IPA, about 7%. So we'll see what that's all about. I don't yeah. believe I've had Seven. this one before. Yeah. All right. It's Stick Sunday around. afternoon, right? By the end of the show, <laughs> this could get interesting for our good friend, Matt. Yeah. Uh, what's new with you, Lloydie? How are things going? You haven't been in for, I guess it was springtime, maybe you were here. Yeah. 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 Was that pre-tree or post-tree? What, it was post-tree. Post-tree? It was post-tree. Post-tree? Well, um. We're still mid-tree. Yeah, we're still, <laughs> yeah, Matt, it's, uh, it, th- th- this could be a real, uh, how long you want to go and, uh, and complain. Um, winter's coming. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Winter's coming. And uh, things are still not buttoned up on the old home front. People like roofs. I, I, I like to have a roof yeah. that, you know, doesn't have holes in it and a wall that doesn't have holes in it and a <laughs> ceiling in a bedroom that doesn't have uh, holes in it and a needy. wall that's not pushed out into the bedroom. Right. Um, I don't want to... I don't want to feel like I'm going to be heating the sky above my house for the winter. <laughs> I'd like to have that sealed up. So um, late last week, I think maybe I got some progress on that. So we'll, uh, we'll see what the next couple what, of weeks Six months post-storm. Yeah. 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 So, so they're right on top of things. That's basically what's uh, all encompassing right now with me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you're doing the show back at the rink. Yeah. It's great to be back at the rink and the, the hockey season's underway. Um, like doing the show, we've been doing that at the rink for, well, last number of years. Yeah. Um, I've always said this and, um, selfishly, cause as you know, of course I'm the one doing the show, but uh, talking to other people, even if, cause we're mostly talking about hockey, 
right? That's mm-hmm. that's basically the number one hit single on on the radio sure. station. Like it's a you, you got to look at sports radio. You're a top forty station, and whatever your market is, what are the hits? Well, in this town, hockey, you play the hits, but you don't have to be talking exactly what you're seeing at the uh, the practice. It's um, a lot of people because radio can just be. That's why baseball over the years, it yeah. can be the great background noise. Of course. And uh, just to hear hockey in the background, to hear it in my headset as I'm just doing a show. I love it. Uh, we'll ask you a little bit about the Sens here shortly as uh, round one of the Battle of Ontario this season in the books for your Toronto Maple Leafs. Good job, everybody. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that a little bit about uh, the start that the Sens are off to. We'll talk a little bit about... Uh, you're never going to believe this, but uh, Matt Murray has already uh, been Come injured. On. Yeah, if only we had some data. <laughs> I, no I, way to see this coming. Some like, some sort of history. There was no, there was no way to predict <laughs> this. Uh, I said on our Twitter there at Talking Audio yesterday that I think the injury that he suffered in practice was reasonably minor, but he ended on an LTI ended up on LTIR because Dubas punched him in the face when he got back there for <laughs> ruining both of their careers. Oh with, my goodness. Uh, uh, we'll get into all of that kind of thing. I do want to let the good listener know that uh, on Tuesday, our buddy Matty Lang is going to be back here teeing up the Raptors season, which gets underway Wednesday night. The uh, preseason is over and uh, should be an interesting season for the Raptors. Matty Lang is always the guy who takes care of that for us. And then on Wednesday morning, Steve Bunda is back as we get ready for oh, UFC buns. 280. And uh, Bunda loves to come in and talk fights. And uh, we always have time for that. That's looking like a huge show. Uh, Lloydie, I know you're... You're a big UFC Oh, guy. you know, know me, you. Matt. Uh, 2 p.m. this time, because the show's over in Abu Dhabi, so... Uh, You'd you know. have to stay up until 1? No, it's true. Oh. little afternoon fights. Uh, right. we got time for that. So Matty Lang on Tuesday, Steve Bunda on Wednesday. Stick around for that. Uh, Lloydie, we've seen a couple teams already go down in the uh, MLB playoffs that um, I don't think we expected to go down. The Dodgers are out. The Yankees are on the ropes, but uh, still alive as you and I sit here and record right now. Um, I wonder, you know, we saw the Jays lose fast. I wonder what you think about, you know, we've done the three out of five thing for a while now, right? In the, in the Mm -hmm. DS, this was the first time we've done two out of three in the, this new wild card round. Yeah. And it feels, and I get that this kind of comes off as sour grapes because the Jays lost so fast, but it feels like very anticlimactic somehow, like you play 162 games to get in and, and flip a coin and maybe three out of five was always that anyway. Like, do we know that the Dodgers are worse than the Padres? I I don't think we think that, but that can happen in a best three out of five, even more so in a best two out of three. Um, The more we've seen of this over the last couple of years, I find myself drawn more and more to the European model where you got to care about the regular season more than we do over here. You want to do top of the table and no playoffs. I don't, can we do both, but can, <laughs> but can we care more about the president's trophy or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just feels like you play 162 games in baseball and then it's like, okay, cool. That's great. But let's see how you do in this next three days. You know what I'm getting at? Like, I know what you're getting. What was the, um, I'm just trying to think here. There was a story within the last few weeks oh man which which league was it which sport was it where with the money going forward they're going to basically award similar type championship money to the regular season right and then in the playoffs you know it's going to be 
you, you're, you're still going to be have the top seed because you won the regular sure. season, but they're they're going to have this added merit to the regular season financially mm-hmm. to really drive that point home. What you, what you're getting at, yeah. so maybe some other, uh, if, if more sports would do that, like it maybe, bothers me least in football because every week that's just well one game, and so one game eliminations in the playoffs makes sense to me, right? You kind of go. Yeah, that's the pace that this sport moves at. That is not the pace that baseball moves at. Well, specifically for baseball, though, is I I, I get it. Especially if you're a Jays fan, you feel a little ripped off right yeah. now. It's like, that's it. I the guess Dodgers it was, fans got to be feeling that a bit too. I guess they? it was 164. Yeah, and and, exactly. and and we're done. And we're out of here. And we're but the thing is, you can't have it both ways because I think a lot, not everybody, but a lot of people say, you know what, they should allow more teams to have a chance in the postseason, and like forever and ever. Um, I'm old enough that, you know, <laughs> when I was a kid and I was a, I was a big Expos fan, I was, I've always been a Jays fan as well. Mm-hmm. And that's how old I am. It was okay. It wasn't conflicting because you didn't play. There was no interleague <laughs> right. play. Um, but basically you had to win your division to make the playoffs and that's it. That's it. Yeah. You win your division and you're, if you don't win your division, you don't make the playoffs, period, full stop. So now we've trickled it out and had, we brought in the wild card scenario, what, 20, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. We've, we've picked away at that. And now it's to the point where you get these extra teams in, um, and I'm sorry it's the best out of three, but okay, if you don't do that, then the Jays, maybe they don't make it. Something like, yeah. now they were the top wildcard team, yeah. so they would have in this. You know what I'm saying? I do. But it was tight enough, right, yeah. down the stretch. Um, I don't know. It, it's kind of a cake and eat it too kind of thing. Do you want more teams in the postseason? Um, sure, but then... Are you going to complain about that you're not going to have seven game series for wild card rounds right. at the start? Like it's yeah. I don't know the um, it, it's just maybe the extra kick in the ass if you're a Jays fan is that for years in the AL East the extra playoff spots would have helped you and now you're good enough that you didn't need it but they're around anyway and you get stuck playing the Mariners yes. or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Mariners fans, you know, I feel bad for them as we sit here today because they hadn't made the playoffs in 20 years. They start in uh, the wild card series, all three games, if there was going to be three, there was only two, but they end up being in Toronto. Then they go to Houston for two games. As soon as they come home, they play eight, uh, ends up being 19 innings, and they don't score a single run. So there's mm. your playoffs if you are a Mariners fan. Does it even feel like well, here, here's you made a, the playoffs? Yeah, I know, but it, but they here's the thing with, uh, with best two out of three. If you are the team that on paper – is not as and the Jays on paper are a better team than yep. Mariners. Yeah, they are. So if you played a seven game series against the Mariners, you know then the Jay, the Jays have a, they would come out on top more times. Yes, they would. Yep. But in a short series, to bring it back to another Jays perspective, could you imagine if you are a team that you're going up against a, a superior opponent, a deeper opponent, but you've got one stud ace? Yeah, we're okay. We're locking in that win, and we only got to win two. Castillo for the Mariners yep. and what he did. Could you imagine if the Jays were able to get into that wild card scenario when they had Doc? Yeah. Right? Yeah. We can run Doc out there. <laughs> He'll get his one win. We'll scratch out another. Yeah. And then we're going to upset somebody. It is, it does no, lend it's itself. Yeah, yeah. And that's the nature of baseball with pitching, right? Yeah. Uh, as we sit here right now, like I said, I don't know, we don't know what's going to happen on Sunday night as the, uh, the Yankees play the Guardians again. Uh, but, in games one and two in New York, fans were booing Aaron Judge. And two weeks ago, they were shoving it down our throats that this was the real all-time home run leader and whatever. It's kind of wild how fast the uh, the narrative changes, around, especially around New York sports. Teams. Oh, man. Well, here, 
and that's the same with any sport. Um, if you're a passionate fan, like you're a big Leafs fan, you'll rip on your team like yep. no tomorrow. Sure. But if an outside fan yes. base points out the same thing, yeah. hey, yeah, no. then it becomes what about yes, and, right? And, and that's that's sports. Yeah. Yankees fans are, man, they're perfect for that. <laughs> yes. It's so good. No, it's uh, it's true. Um, why don't we talk a little about the CFL on Saturday night? The uh, Argos scored with 17 seconds to go in Edmonton uh, to give Edmonton their, I believe, 17th consecutive home loss. And I would love to be able to point and laugh at that statistic. But on Friday night, the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks, who actually got off to a really good start, yeah. uh, you know, kind of fell apart in the second half. They lose. Uh, I don't even know what the number is now. Is it 22 out of 23 at home? As you're saying this, I'm staring at your tall can audio Red Blacks jersey that Hoff gave you, I'm sure, here in the studio. He did absolutely not. No yeah. such thing. No? That, no. Okay. It's that, that's homemade. It's but, sweet. Uh, but it has not been out of the studio in a while. <laughs> uh, didn't get flashed around. Look, it's been a rough go for the Red Blacks. Part of it, you know, if we want to give them excuses, is the your number one quarterback that you went out and acquired went down early in the season, and that's all fine. But we talked, I think, the last time you were in here, um, you know, even then, what was expected out of this team this year that would be acceptable. And this season clearly has not been acceptable, but we have seen signs of life since they made the coaching change, obviously far too late. Um, I think it was the week before the regular season started because you and I had the discussion about the East, about how we yeah, thought each team would do right. in the East. That's right. Right? And uh, here we are. And <laughs> the Red Blacks, like, isn't it perfect that Edmonton and the Red Blacks played twice this season and it was consecutive weeks at a home and home. Yes. And both teams could not <laughs> win at home. Edmonton won here. Yes. <laughs> Ottawa won there. Like, they, they both rarely win, period. Right. And, <laughs> and they both have these atrocious home records and they won, of course they won on each, sure. at each other's Just got to keep that storyline yeah. rolling. Yeah. Uh, no, I, as we sit here now, like, like it, they look better. I don't know if it's just, they look different or whatever since the, the firing. I, I guess It's my, watchable. It is watchable. A lot was, of that wasn't watchable this year. Was there any, I guess, other than to show fans exactly what's happening now, right? There are signs of life. I just, once they waited as long as they did, I might've just wrote it out to the end of the year, but it, it seems like this was more, you know, throwing a sacrifice to the fans. It was, you, you have to tell your, you have to sacrifice, call it what you want. I, it should have happened earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hundred percent, but I know they're paying Marcel Desjardins this year. Um, there, there is, a, and it's not, it's not about money. Um, well, it is about money. It's a little bit. But, but no, but it, it's not just about no. budget. It's more as there is a cap there on football cap. operations. So you, and you had your OC and your head coach wrapped up into the same position. Like mm-hmm. it's tough. Um, should it have happened earlier? Yes. Why did it happen when it did? It, for exactly what you alluded to. They're still getting 18,000 people getting off their wallet, go down to watch that team play that yeah. never wins at home. And for the most part, and it was it was entertaining this week. It, yes, was. it was at least it was entertaining. Yep. Um, but a lot of times it hasn't been entertaining. It's just been what what's going on here. How, like it's just so you have to tell your customers that um, that we notice this. Mm-hmm. We care. Thank you for coming to buy tickets and come <laughs> watch this. So I I think they had to let La Police go. I think it should have happened. Um, earlier than it did, but I'm not surprised that they, they did it with 
at the time of the firing, what they had two ga- two home games left in their season. Yeah. And now they got one left. You you, you got to you got to because they've done, pulled this one out. You're kind of still. I know they're technically yeah. not dead. Oh, but they're, they're, they're still not mathematically no, done. But yeah, Saskatchewan has to lose both games to Calgary, and yeah. they got to win out. Yeah. So, but you, that that that's what it was. You, um, you, you you've got to uh, you got to tell your fans that are continue to be with you, and and not just be with you to because you're still a fan. The ones that are showing up, spending money yeah. to come to your games here, um, uh, that th- they had to do something, and should it have happened earlier? I think so, but I'm not surprised it did happen. When uh, it did. We were down there, or I went down to a game August sixth or seventh, something like that, and uh, the crowd was was hopping right, and even then, I, they they were out of it, like they were getting crushed all the time, and I think they lost seventeen three that night, and we walked out going shouldn't be having more beers at this game than your team is putting up points. Like that's mm. not the way that math should work. But the crowd stayed. They were passionate all the way through, having a good time. It's it it we've talked about it a bunch of times on this show. The vibe at that it's it's great. But at some point you will lose them. It's you, a, it's the saving grace yeah. of if that environment was back when I was a kid, my dad would take me to see awful Rough Riders games. Yeah. And the and the stadium was terrible back then. It only got worse to the point they had to tear half of it down yeah. and, and all that. Um, it's just what what they've created there. It's a night out, mm-hmm. right? There, there's a lot of people that'll go to a game. You don't have to be the biggest sports fan, CFL fan, but you're going with some buddies. You're going whatever it is, right? It's um, it's a night out. The tickets, the cover charge. Yeah. Let's go have some fun. Sure. And there's. The focal point's going to be this football game, but I'm going to cruise around the concourse. They've got all kinds of craft beer set up and yep. different things to do. Um, and and that is, that's so important, I think, especially in a league like the CFL, right? It's It's got to be more than just the game. Yeah. But if you want to be successful in the long run, you, you've got to provide entertainment and you've got to keep the diehards happy. That's the lifeblood. And the ones that want your team <laughs> to have a chance to win. And the unfortunate part is, especially at home, they just don't win. Do you think, like, how far off is this team? You, next next year, you're going to have Masoli back. I, I don't know, uh, you know, whether it'll be Dice who returns as the head coach. I'm sure they'll do a, an off-season search of some kind. But when you look at the talent on the team, how much of it was approach and coaching and, you know, game planning – and how much of it is this team wasn't as good as we thought it was? I, I'm sorry to sit on the fence. I think it's a little of column A and a little yeah. of column B. Yeah. Um, I there there were certain things with offense, especially offensively, and that was what was mind boggling um, at times. And I think maybe this, you get to the point maybe where you're a little bit gun shy in how aggressive you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. Because you get burned so many times. How many times did we see with Paul Lapolis? It's like just you're. He's coaching not to lose. Right. He is not coaching to win football games. He there would be a key decision. Are we going to go for it from here or whatever? Take and, a knee on the it, last it, play of the it half would, or something. Um, and I, I don't know. If, I, I would guess that's not a conscious decision before the game starts. But when you're used to getting kicked in the teeth and it's not working out for you all right. the time, yeah. then maybe you're subconsciously you're going to default to that way. Of, of coaching your team. That's, that's the only explanation I can give it, really. Uh, let's move on to the NHL, and we'll get into the the Battle of Ontario specifically on Saturday. But the one thing I wanted to ask you, and I'm sure you talked about it a bit on your show, uh, probably on Friday, I guess it would have been. We spent the entire preseason 
talking about the excitement of these new forwards that the senators had brought in and, and rightfully so. And all the time that they were investing in getting these lines comfortable with one another. And it was going to be Stutzla with the Brinkett and Giroux. And then it was going to be, you know, you reunite Norris, Batherson and Kachuk because they'd been so good last year. And all of that made very good sense to me. And then we got to game one and all of a sudden Stutzla and Norris flipped spots and it's still every bit as talented of a top six, but you completely threw out whatever you might've built in terms of chemistry and, and so on, uh, through training camp. Why'd they do that? Well, he, the thing is, it was a flip, flip, flip. It started out with what we saw last season. It was Norris between Batherson and Kachuk. Mm-hmm. And then midway through camp, it flipped. And the, and Stutzla and Norris flipped spots and they played a game like that. And then they got back to practice and they flipped it back. Right. At practice. And then in time for the next game, they flipped it back. <laughs> so, and, and DJ Smith's been asked about this and basically what I can glean from what the coach thinks he wasn't having, um, with Stutzla playing with DeBrinket and Giroux, he he wasn't seeing uh, enough of a net presence. And he thought that Josh Norris could be a net presence on that line. Right, okay. And, and he thought maybe Stutzla was deferring too much to the super vet yeah. in Giroux and the two-time 40-goal scorer sure. on his other wing, which is natural for a young guy. I don't of care course. how talented you are. And he thought maybe let's put him with... Him and Brady are buds. He knows Batherson. Maybe he will play and not think I've, I've got to please my wingers right. as much. That's I'm not saying it's right. Yeah, I know that's the theory. Okay, but I'll tell you this: um, they 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 had some key defensive mistakes in the Buffalo game and the Leaf game, but for the most part, team played pretty well um, in, yep. in those two in those two games. But uh, a couple of uh, bad defensive reads, poor positioning. Ended up costing them in both those games, but really at the end of it, and the, what did we think this team was going to be able to do? Score goals. Score goals. They got three goals in two games. Yeah. So we can pick apart, oh, that was a gaffe, bad position there by Shabbat. Sure. That's a bad read there that led to a goal, and that's that's accurate. It mm-hmm. is. But let's step back here. It was two empty netters in the Buffalo game. Yep. Um, so that's a 4-1 game, and they lose to the Leafs mm-hmm. as well. Ottawa scored three goals in two games, so I don't know what. Like <laughs> sometimes it is what it is. That's not gonna. That's not gonna cut it. No. Yeah. You. They're 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 just not putting it in the back of the net to start the year. Do you? Which alignment do you prefer? Oof. And that top six. That's tough because it, it's six very talented guys, yeah. and like this top six is so much better than it was a year ago. But I don't know. I. I I guess if you think that that Stut- or if DJ thinks that Stutzler is going to defer too much to those other guys, maybe that that you know would be a problem. But I thought half the the beauty was him getting to ride with those guys for a year and mm-hmm. and allow that experience to rub off on him. And you got to think, yeah, maybe early on there were some jitters or a tendency to defer. It would wear off, wouldn't it? Like you, you'd get comfortable and know that this is my role on this line. If you just give it a couple games. I would have thought. Yeah, I. Um, it's going to be interesting for the home opener against the Bruins on Tuesday. In that, um, do you flip it back for that? I. Um, I think there would be. A, if you're the coach, you're thinking about it. You're thinking, well, that my idea was this. And yeah. We've got three goals in two games, right? And for the most part, I haven't hated the way my team has played with just no finish whatsoever, right? Uh, they've generated a lot of chances. Like Stutzel had like three breakaways against the, the Sabres. Right. Um, and they generated enough against the Leafs as well and yep. just, just didn't bury enough. So um, 
I'm sure DJ Smith is thinking about it. So it's not like I'm not seeing chances. It's not dead in the water. No. Um, nobody's finishing. So do I flip it back thinking that that's going to be the magic elixir? Or do I say, you know what? Um, let's go analytics on this. Attrition's going to catch up with it. They're going to fill the net at some point right. with the chances they're getting. I don't know. I'm going to hold you. I don't know. Put, put the lineup together. It's your job on Tuesday. Uh, Who's but, playing with who? Ah. Uh, Feet to the fire here, Lloydie. No soft opinions. I think, no, I think I'd probably <laughs> flip it back. Yeah. I'd flip it back. Yeah. I'd, I'd put Norris back with uh, Kachuk and Batherson just because I know that that is that a... That works. You know that works. That's a known. Yeah. And, you know, um, you, you figure it out from there. Uh, Jake Sanderson on Thursday in his NHL debut, I believe played 22 minutes. Uh, they didn't shy away from his minutes on Saturday either. Shabbat is also still playing his uh, his very, very big minutes. Um, we can get into, I guess, whether or not that's a good idea. What have you seen out of Sanderson in his NHL debut? And then uh, obviously he's got two under his belt now. Stud. Yeah. He's he's going to be this team's best defenseman by the end of this season. I, and I, some will argue right now he's pr- he's probably been this team's best defenseman the first two games. I came into this season, if I'm being honest, as someone who maybe doesn't care for the Sens all hmm. that much, thinking maybe like he's he clearly is a good prospect. Clearly, he's done everything that looks like he's going to be a contributor. But to just assume this guy is going to be a top four NHLer right out of the gate, and then when I watched him on Saturday, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, shit. right. He looks He looks ready. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's and the thing about him too, he hasn't really um he's handling it like a guy that he's only played two games in the league. Yeah. You see flashes of him getting up ice and maybe trying to be more part of the offense. Mm-hmm. But it it's the little details of the game. You watch him defend his stick, his body position, where to be, um how to help his partner out. It's just like this is your second game in the league, yeah. and 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 you're you're behaving like this as a player. Um, it's um, they they've got a good one there. It's it's just a matter of um, him getting more. He's just going to get better and better uh, throughout the season. And I really think he's he he's going to be this team's best defenseman. Everybody's going to agree upon mm-hmm. that. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. Wow, that's provocative there, Lloydie. Because uh, I know this city loves it's. Some, Thomas Shabbat. Well, you know what, Matt? I think the crowd's turning a little. That's starting. I can, I Do you can, not think if you just, could you shave five minutes? Of, well, I think that's the thing with Thomas Shabbat. And, and I like. Stop playing him 27 minutes. I liked his game against the, even though uh, the goal that the Leafs got late in the period there with under a minute to go, yeah. he got bad position and allowed for that tip. He's got to do a better job there. Yeah. Um, and it's little things like that, right? Uh, but I thought that he had a little maybe more. Maybe he wouldn't do that. I thought he had a little, but so I, I thought, because uh, I know DJ Smith had a chat with him after the, the game against Buffalo. Hmm. Um, and, and there is a theory out there, and I, I somewhat subscribe to this. Can he handle big minutes? Like when you have injuries and stuff? Yeah, he can. He can. Sure. He can. But I, I don't want Thomas Shabbat to settle into a career of a guy that can play big minutes and like, oh, what a horse. And he can, but. You're kind of like when he first came onto the scene, when he was the MVP at the World Juniors mm-hmm. in his early days with the Sens, he would do electric things yeah. and, with skating and yeah. up the ice. And, you know, I'm one of the first game in Toronto of the year a few years ago where he walked through the whole Leaf team and scored a goal yeah. on hockey night. And I it was recall. just, and everybody's like, wow. He just, he doesn't seem to do that uh, as much now. Is it because, I don't know, he's, it's a muscle memory. I'm playing a ton of minutes. And I'm pacing myself, and I don't even know I'm pacing my. I don't know. Um, but to your point, I agree with you. Um, and DJ Smith has said this as well. If you could just bring his minutes down, yeah, 
if Sanderson's going to be your other left shot guy, mm-hmm. well, he can handle some of that. And quite frankly, yeah. Brandstrom's looked okay to start here Bran- too. I'll, you know what? I've been critical to Brandstrom. I have, and, and I'm still skeptical if it's a long-term sure. answer, if he's going to be here, if he fits, yeah. of how it's going to work. Had a good camp, had a great Saturday night against Montreal in the middle of camp, and was solid the rest of the way, first two games. In his role, playing as a five, um, and he gets a chance when they're behind that he'll move up and, and play the offside with Shabbat or somebody else. Mm-hmm. He's been good, but it's back to Shabbat's minute. Sorry, yes. on point. <laughs> yes. He, he, he plays too much. Yeah. He does. At, at 22, 23 minutes, he probably looks better than at 27, 28 yes. minutes. I agree. And especially as we work through a long season, right? That those minutes, they, they add up. And if you, mm. if the Sens want to be competitive you, late into the year this year. I think you get the more dynamic version of Shabbat if he plays yeah. less. Yeah. He, he's going to be uh, more dynamic offensively. Um, he'll have more urgency to his game. I think there's something to be said for that. No, I think that's true. Uh, let's talk about DJ Smith just briefly because I think a lot of people assumed, and, and we had Graham Nichols on the show last week to uh, to tee up our, our Sens season preview. And, and, you know, he kind of acknowledged the same thing that bringing in these extra guys and improving the team the way that they have this summer has kind of put DJ on the hot seat a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. He's always been able to, and not that he makes excuses, but you've been able to look at that and go, you haven't given him much to succeed with here. Now you kind of have, right? This team is better than it's been in a long time. And look, 0-2 is hardly a hole that can't be dug out of. The Sens haven't played a home game yet, but this isn't with the excitement and the hype coming into this season, the start that anyone wanted to get off to, I think it's largely forgotten if they win their, their home opener. And I think they have a few home games coming up now, but he's kind of, I don't know how long of a leash he has. You would have a better sense of that. Like well, uh, to your point, when you, when you get hired as you're a coach that comes in and it's a rock bottom hire, yeah. you're, you're in a full tear down rebuild. You're in that mode. Yeah. Like here's the examples. How much pressure is on Luke Richardson to win hockey games this yeah, year in Chicago? Much, no. How much pressure is on Marty St. Louis yeah, exactly. to win hockey yep. games in Montreal exactly. right now? No. It's a, John Tortorello with you Philadelphia. Rebuild coach. Torts is going to be fine. Did you see the clip of Torts? Yeah. That was a, <laughs> Which one? Okay. Be more specific, right? <laughs> the, one of the Philly reporters just interviewed him this week and said, you know, you've got to know this team now. Like, have you found a, you know, what, what should we be proud of? Have you found something that this team can be proud of so far or a vibe, like something that, that you think can be built upon? He's like, no. <laughs> like, okay, wow. What are we good at? Have you found something that you can build on an identity with this team? No, no. Uh, good for you. <laughs> love towards and yeah, how sure. is. But your point is well made that you have a coach that you bring in while you're bottoming out and rebuilding. Yes. And it almost, to your point though, without with exception, they leave. Yeah, well, to your point with DJ Smith, this is the first time in his career as a head coach, yeah. and this is his only head coaching job, so it's the first time in his career mm-hmm. as an NHL head coach, there's pressure to win hockey games. Yeah. That's it. He knows that. Um, this is why he's very disappointed in his comments with the 0-2 start. Mm-hmm. Five-game homestand coming up. They got to get something out of this homestand. If this homestand goes 1-4... and four, his job's on the line. Well, Kelly like, I'm not saying they right def- under the bus there on Saturday I'm not night saying, on the broadcast. Yeah, and goes, I'm not he's saying- got to win four out of five on this homestand. Well, like, Jesus, well, man. Like, well, 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 I would say you you, you can't win one. I'll, no. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, it's He knows. Sure. Um, it's time to start winning. It's We've improved the team. Yeah. Uh, added a couple of uh, great forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, insulated the goaltending. Talbot got hurt, unfortunately. Yeah. 
this team, it's enough, right? Like it's uh, 2017's a long time ago now <laughs> since the last time this team enjoyed any modicum of success. Um, there is positive momentum. Um, they've sold more season tickets. People are coming back. Sponsors are coming back. There's been that full that full kind of rebirth feel to the franchise, yes. and now it's uh, you got to back that up, win some games here. And the coach knows that if, if he doesn't get it done, they that's the nature of the business. They will find somebody else to take a crack at it. One of the things that uh, when I was taking broadcasting down at Loyalist College in Belleville, home of your uh, your B sends now. They told us was, you will only ever hear from about 8% of your listenership. Oh yeah. And by and large, they'll be crazy. Uh, (laughs) So you guys have a a text line at the radio station and I can only imagine during the dark days, the type of things that would flood into the station. And I've heard you guys read the texts since things have turned the corner this summer. And even just anecdotally, friends of mine here in town that I tolerate as Sens fans, um, have, they're excited. They're, they're, oh, I got tickets to the game on November 5th or I got, you know, just things that I haven't heard in a while. Mm. How fast can it turn? Like Friday morning, were people okay with what happened in Buffalo or are they already worried? There, there was a little bit of concern with some fans that would text in, but I know, and I listened to our post game show, uh, after the Leaf game and I, that, went, that rat and I went and I went and sifted through like as like I've got access to our tech system that right. all of our announcers do, and a lot of it was very critical of TJ already, <laughs> <laughs> you know, after an zero and two start, yeah, right. But to your point, like and, and fans are crazy. That's a but... radio thing. Whatever, it, like if you do sports talk radio or or talk radio in general, your your point is is very very accurate. The majority of people, like think about this, people that are listening to this podcast, most yep. people that listen to this podcast. Will not really no, engage. Right. Um, they just like to listen. Yep. They they think that for whatever reason they like you, Matt, and they Weird, like your right? thoughts. I don't get it either. And you just want to listen. Yeah. Um, and that's usually the way it is. Um, so you don't hear from the majority no. for the most part. Um, but you hear from the passionate ones right. um, that that want to voice their opinion. And um, early on, there there is a little bit of that still creep already creeping in. They've been because hurt. because they, they have scars exactly <laughs> but and, and the thing is everything ever since in and around the draft Sens fans have been like what's going on yeah these are good things hey, that good continue move, to happen good move good move good what? move, good this, move. This, oh there's something terrible what, what, coming what's happening <laughs> yes what's going on and now now we've dropped the puck and they've got out to an zero and two start here so it's like all right yeah so here we go again but you know strip all that away like these are the facts if if this team does not you know, have a decent record the first, I would say, six weeks of the season because mm-hmm. they buried themselves. And then you can come up with excuses as to why, but whatever. They buried themselves yeah. the last two years. Yeah. It was over. The start's been You're terrible. done. Yeah. You, are, you cannot win By four of your first you're dead on the close to 20 highway. games, yeah, no, right? It's, it's over. Yeah. So if, if it even gets close to starting to trend that way, they're probably going to make some changes. Like you, you can't afford this. At last look, uh, I'm not, and I'm not saying DJ Smith can't do it. Like, no, I'm not I, jumping on him. No, but they're like, not. It's, it's they've this played. Is it. They, they, you can't yes. wait. Like you can't wait. You can't this wait. Team. No, you can't wait. Like they're they're zero and two. Have they played terrible the first two games? No. 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 Could they've got points out of both games? Yeah, yep. they could have, but they didn't. Right. They didn't. It's a results business. Yeah. Uh, I guess quickly, last thing on the sends here. Would you be concerned at all um, with the fact that 
we're hearing that the home opener is close to a sellout, but not yet a sellout. With all the excitement in the market, we thought, you know, the home opener should be in a Canadian market, should be a gimme. And it absolutely, all the indicators are there that things are looking better. People are buying more tickets. Are you surprised that the home opener isn't a slam dunk sellout at this no, point? Not, I'm not, t- because there's been so much scar tissue. Yeah. Um, I still think that you're still, you're, you're, you're headed in the right direction, but I, I, I don't think that you're all the way back to the glory days no. yet here. That's um, funny. It is a big arena. Like it is, it, to sell it out is, is it not the second biggest in Canada? Well, here's the thing oh, about the Palladium. Yes. When then Corral Center. The Corral Center. Whatever that, it is. Yeah. It's funny. When you go back in the history of this, right? Um, it became, they wanted originally to build it officially to be bigger. And I think Bruce Firestone mentioned this in his book, if I'm not mistaken, as well. He kind of lays it out. So um, when the Senators had those great teams, um, when they won the President's Trophy and they were always a good team every year and would often lose the Leafs in the playoffs, <laughs> like those, those years, right? Love those years. But they, they jammed that place, especially in the playoffs. Yep. And I think the official attendance was 18-5. That's what it's. It's like they were stuffing. Oh, okay. They were stuffing in close to twenty one. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I had it in my head at twenty one. Well, that's like, the thing. Uh, yeah, like here's here's the thing. If you um, you can do do this if uh, you got time, Matt. Yeah. Go count the seats on Monday. All right, and yeah. just walk around. You can get me in there while you're doing your. I'm going to say day. that that number is a little higher than some of the official. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, like I'm just saying. Yes, I'm, I'm just saying. To your point, and I think when the and. And that's the other positive news. The new rink's going to happen downtown yeah, finally. It yes. is going to happen. Yeah. And it's not going to be that big. It's not. It's, it's I, I think, especially with smaller market teams like this in various sports, mm-hmm. you don't have to have, you know, Chicago and Montreal, right. these cavernous, st- like there's, the games change in how you're generating revenue. If you can just, you know, have the experience, have a lot of these social areas, all this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, you don't need a rink as big as what they have out in Canada right now. They don't. How big of a difference do you think that rink is going to make? Not just for, oh. like I've talked before on the show, like I'm, for me, I go usually once or twice a year, pre-pandemic anyway, when the Leafs are in town, I'll probably go out, right? But more often than not, that's it. But if they're right here, like that's not far from where we're sitting right now. If when they get downtown, if the pens were in town or McDavid was in town, yeah, okay. Like I might do that now because it's handy, right? But I'm not going out to well, it's, Canada on a Tuesday in February. Well, to, that's, I mean, it's the, it's the idea of what else am I doing yeah. that, that night? Like it's, if you're downtown, you're going to help yourself with the people. <laughs> Pandemic has changed how many people work downtown. True. And so that, <laughs> that, that's not as obvious as it used to be. We were also currently have a train station at nothing right now. So So that's my goodness. So, but in theory, um, you know, you're, you're going to have, um, uh, the LRT service will get better and expand out easier to get downtown. They've, they've got two stops on the site. That's what I mean. That currently stop for no reason. Exactly. Right. So that's why, sorry, we're getting off track. That's why even when it went off the rails, it's like, oh, it's never going to happen. I'm like, come on. It's going to eventually. There is a vested interest for everybody involved in LRT, that they're going to bend over backwards for the senators who eventually have a rink there. Why would you spend that kind of money and build two stops on the same site (laughs) without an anchor like that? Anyway, so that's going to happen. Um, But to your point, rinks downtown, easier to uh, engage your your Gatineau base as Mm -hmm. well and and, and grow that base, grow the Quebec side. 
Um, it's not as many people working downtown every day, but still enough. Mm-hmm. Weekday games, you can go to that. But if you're just like you and living in, in West Ottawa or even beyond, sure. right? Especially when the LRT will extend out. It's like, uh, what do you want to do uh, tonight on a, on a Saturday night? Well, let's go to the Sens game. Game's yeah. going to drop the puck at 7. Game's going to end between 9.30 and 10. Oh, we'll be downtown. Yeah, let's do it. Let's make it a night. Right. Right? Is, people aren't saying, hey, let's go to Canada and make it a night. No. On, on a Saturday night. <sighs> it's just, it's not the same thing. I've told this story before. <laughs> we went to uh, one of the nights, my cousin and I went to one of the Leafs, um, Leafs and, and Sens in Canada. And we ran into a couple people we knew, but who were staying in Canada. So they didn't want to come back downtown for post-game festivities with us. So we're looking for a place and we're, we decide, why don't we try and get to, um, I think it's Chris Neal's spot. There's the central beer house, right? So it's kind of on the other side of the highway. Yes. But you're like, there's no easy way, even just like, even just to get to that, mm-hmm. we had to call an Uber and I think it costs $65. Because, no. Yes, because. From the rink. From the rink to central. To cent- beer, come on. Because it's, what do they call it? Uh, surge pricing, right? Oh, you we were gouged. like 40 people, all, like all these constantly trying to get cars to get home. And you, you got to get across the highway. It's not far, but you can't just really walk either. <laughs> criminal. It was awful, right? But if you were downtown, you could just walk or you could go jump on the train mm. or whatever, right? Like I, I. I buy into that in a big, and even if you're out in like Orleans, you've cut the distance in half. Like you, it's, it's not even just for the downtown people. It's if I'm in Orleans, I'm not going all the way to Canada, but if I could jump on a bus or a train or whatever, and only have to go halfway, right. Which is into the city. And then like you say, you can leave the game and, and head into the market or to Elgin or whatever you want to do after that. I, I think it's. I think it's not, I know people are excited about it and understand that it will help. I think it is an absolute game changer for the franchise and how viable yes. they are. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's huge. I think it's actually underestimated the difference that this is going to make. When, when that, when that new rink happens, yeah. um, the revenue and ancillary revenue that we generated from that yeah. will be tremendous. Um, it, 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 it will, it will grow the fan base. Um, Exponentially, it really will. TSN 1200's post-game show may take a hit as people won't be stuck in their cars in the parking lot for quite as long. But, uh, but other than that, it will be yes. good for business. Sure. Uh, before we jump in, talk a little bit about the uh, the Battle of Ontario that we saw on Saturday and, and what the Leafs have gotten so far out of uh, Matt Murray, which appears to be LTIR space and not much more. Uh, we got a new pint. What are we going with this time? Oh, my! what have you done to me here, Matthew? <laughs> I've got a double dry hopped... Pale Ale, Bangkok, Crosswalk from Overflow. See, I'm down not in, in the same one. Down in Caledar. And I'm, uh, I think. Are you, they still in Caledar? Did they get that right? That's where they were. Okay. Sorry. I have no idea. All right. Let me so, so I know you at some point, I don't know if this is still the case. You knew, you'd had Overflow quite a bit more than, than I had, or you knew more about those guys than, yes. uh, than I've never been in there other than, uh, I think this one was over at the grocery store. Well, here's the thing with, uh, the guys at Overflow, they, uh, they've sponsored, um, uh, many a, a golf tournament. These to sponsor the uh, the Guts and Glory Golf uh, for Crohn's and Colitis. Okay, and they, yeah. would, they would come out, and Sherry Pang was uh, instrumental in that. And that's where I, I kind of oh overflow. Let me give that a go. Right. And I I've, I've only been to their place once, and this is unfortunately pre pandemic. What they got a reputation. They have a great venue. Mm. Live acts would come in and, you know, have some concerts in there as well. So nice. anyways, cheers to Overflow. Yeah. Um, I got uh, uh, the 
the real estate agent who helped me find this condo before I bought it. Um, he knew I was a, a craft beer guy. And uh, so it was just kind of a, I don't know, a gift or whatever. Some of them do that, right? When you move in, he stopped by with some overflow and he, I guess, knew the guys who ran it as well. And uh, big fan of theirs, he said. So uh, yeah, this is uh, this is one anyway that we found in the grocery store. So we're riding with the, uh, the same one here. What is the percentage on? What do we got? What are you trying to do to me? Let me check this one. I don't this think one. this one's as bad. I think this is... Although double dry hopped might be uh, four point five. Uh, that's it's that's, not seven like your last. No, one. exactly. That's right. fine. Um, actually, just discovered and and this is out maybe closer to a, a part of the country you're maybe more familiar with than I am. But uh, was driving west with uh, with our friend Josh, their Shride's husband, the other day, and mm. headed down towards Toronto and uh, on seven near Charbot Lake. Ooh, there was a new brewery popping up. No way. Yeah, I think it was right, called right that. on seven. Yeah. It's called Kick and Push. Kick and Push. Yeah. Got to be careful when you say that one, I think. I kick know, and push. for sure. And uh, so Josh goes, ooh, new brewery. And like we, yeah, and we had to put like. Lock up the brakes. And, yeah, and he's like. Tractor uh, trailer goes off the road behind yeah, exactly. you. <laughs> well, whatever, but they have to learn. It's, <laughs> it's a brewery. That you got to slow down. Um, but he goes, oh, not open yet. We, we kind of kept riding. And I look back and I looked at him like, not open yet is in, they haven't opened the facility yet or. Not open yet. It's nine fifteen in the morning, and <laughs> maybe they aren't expecting us. And it was turns out no, they're open. And uh, so that's my next one because I I cruise up and down seven quite a bit towards the family cottage and back. Yep. Right. So uh, Sherbet Lake is apparently the uh, the home of the newest brewery in the. I don't know if that's part of the the valley or, or whatever. Okay, and this is what I need you to do then. Yeah. Um, the uh, the next time you're doing because it's tougher if I go to the uh, the main LCBO the depot here on yeah. Bank in yeah. Ottawa. Right. That's like a, the best selection. Of course. Because my favorite summertime beer, my dock beer, is Calypso from Perth. Mm. Love me some Calypso. It, it's tougher to find in all the LCBOs. But if you're going down seven, Matt, right, you got to stop in. You just, just get me some Calypso. You know nice. what the beautiful thing about that brewery is? Is it shares a parking lot with a Wendy's? Yes, it does. <laughs> Ninety nine cent frosties. <laughs> is my wife and I have done that? Right. We'll, so we'll, have we. We'll, right. We'll stop in. Is it girls? Go get yourself you a frosty. Get a frosty. I'm going to grab myself and a frosty. And we sit out front there <laughs> yeah. and, we, and we have ourselves a little beer and the girls have their 99 cent frosties it's, and we're- It's we're, gorgeous. We're, yeah. we're good. As we roll out of here for, uh, you know, heading towards the cottage or whatever. Yeah. You normally stop there for lunch or something and then you can run in, grab a couple things out of the brewery and, and keep going. So, uh, beauty planning on that part or on their part for that. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about the game on Saturday and maybe more so about the news that broke on Saturday morning. And uh, as we referenced earlier in the show, uh, earth shattering, just unprecedented surprise that uh, Matt Murray was uh, injured in practice and wasn't going to be able to go. That was supposed to throw the Leafs into cap hell. Um, we'll see what that all shakes loose. They, they ended up putting Matt Murray on LTIR. I kind of think that, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, <laughs> but I kind of feel like, you know, they, they looked at it, went eh, it a week and a half, two weeks and they went, screw it. Like <laughs> LTIR, you'll do the full three and a half weeks, whatever it's going to be, helps us out of a cap jam. They're leaving on a long, uh, West coast road trip here on Friday. They go to Winnipeg, then Vegas, then the full California deal. Um, you don't want to do that trip with no extra defensemen, no extra forwards, which they literally did not have space for it. So I, I kind of feel like Matt Murray has, I don't know what I'd call it. Like I, well, not a victim of, but just sort of like, you know what, if you're going to be a week and a half or two weeks anyway, 
go sit down. No, I, I, I think that's probably because if it's not that, then you are really concerned and it's a, it's a, a more severe injury than, than you hope it is. Yeah. But I think they kind of, uh, they footballed this one a bit. Six game injured list kind of a deal. Yeah. Right. It's just like, all right, what can, uh, it's actually better for us if you're you have a to little... miss it. You have to maybe maybe you could play in three weeks. I'm using the football analogy, still, yep. so, but it, maybe it's four. It's like you know what, six gamer, yep. right? That'll help us out financially in the meantime, and we'll see you when we see you. Yeah. So I I think maybe that the that that's a good theory. I, I thought of that as well. But the thing is with with Matt Murray, um, if you're hurt, you're hurt. Yep. Like I'm not gonna sit here and dump on a guy who's hurt. Like. If you're hurt, you're hurt. If you're sick, you're sick. Sure. These are things that, you know, you can't control, but it, there's you get to a certain point where, and this is why Ottawa wanted to move on from them. It, it just become, all right, we just, we need you to be, like, the best part of ability is availability. And he just was not available right. to, to play. And we're paying you a lot of money to be available to play games. And that didn't happen. And so now he goes to Toronto and... Listen, we all know this. Was there any other team in the league that was willing to do a deal exactly like that? Like, apparently there was a deal with Buffalo, mm-hmm. but what what other parts were, the, were that deal? What else is being kicked in? There was going to be some other sort of a sweetener thing, whatever. So you go to the lease, why? Kyle Dubas has a relationship with the player, all right? So that that was yeah. that was a, that was an obvious. It was. Greyhound. It was. It was. Yeah. So, and, that, and then that's fine. So, great. Hopefully it works out. And then for him, I mean... <laughs> To happen this early in the season, on the morning of when you're playing Ottawa of all teams, and this comes down, and of course, I was sharing messages with many of my friends and colleagues, and I hate to say it, I'm going to go full Barry Horowitz and pat myself (laughs) on the back here. I made a joke. Uh, I said, "This, this, can you imagine if this is like Hashik, where it's going to be, when's Matt going to be ready to play, maybe Friday? Because I was there for that back in 2006. And then we're like, everybody screwed it up. It's like, oh, he's got an abductor. No, it's adductor. Oh, what's an adductor? Oh, okay. Adductor. And we learned about adductor. I said, I said, he's got an adductor and we don't know what he's going to play. Sure enough, later in the day, official release, adductor. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Here we go. Yeah. (laughs) He's got an adductor injury. So it ties right back into the sins and some of their scar tissue with Hashik back in the day. It's just. You can't make this up. You cannot make this up. You and I texted earlier on Saturday morning about probably setting this up. I can't remember exactly, you know, setting the time or or whatever it was going to be. And then an hour or two went by and I was doing something else. I was puttering away here in the studio and hadn't been glued to Twitter like I normally am, quite frankly. And I picked up my phone again and I had another text from you that I assumed was just going to be an answer to mine. And it just said, welcome to your Matt Murray years. (laughs) I was like. What the, this can't be. What good. happened? Yeah, open Twitter. Ah, Jesus! <laughs> right, we're one game into this, right? and sure enough, like I, I said it on on our Twitter account that there's no because the problem was if he wasn't going to be hurt long enough to put him on LTIR, he didn't have space to call him up. No one knew if Eric Schalgren was actually healthy because he got dinged the night before, right? And so three out of your four goalies were in North America anyway, that were on NHL deals, uh, were injured. And, you know, even if they weren't, you didn't have room to call anybody up. So that was going to be a problem. But people forget that last year, basically to the day, um, the same thing happened with Peter Morazic, and he couldn't go. And they end up using the 
the emergency backup right out of the shoot, like before the game even starts. And that counts as like other teams do when you play one defenseman short or one forward short, you're playing one goalie short and the next day you can call up somebody. So I wasn't overly panicked about, you know, whatever Samson will start, we'll figure it out tomorrow. The criticism at that time of Kyle Dubas being blamed for his goalies all being hurt to me was unfounded. What wasn't unfounded was the fact that you brought in a guy to be your starter who you know is an injury risk. You are betting, you know, this Leaf window and and quite frankly, your tenure with the Leafs, if you're Kyle Dubas, on Matt Murray working out and it didn't last a week, right? And that was the part that to me, you go, the fact that they're all hurt at the same time, right? The fact that, that Joseph Wall is out and Eric Schalgren might be out, that's not Dubas's fault. But the fact that you're in this situation because he was betting on on Matt Murray, yeah, that that comes back to Kyle. And well, here's here's the thing, and it's not just about the Leafs. I think I read this the other day as well. I think there is Matt. You might have seen the same thing, so correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's 13 or 14 teams in the league this season that are starting the year into LTIR. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, right. When the cap doesn't move, right? Well the, it's... well, the thing is, the cap doesn't move. But then again, I. Honestly, I don't have as much sympathy for it because it's not like the pandemic's a new thing. I mean, no. you had opportunities to alleviate yourself from your cap situation. But nobody this, takes a pay cut. This, Everybody keeps wanting more. Like even here in Ottawa, right? I know. All but, the deals are creep but you, up, creep up, creep up. I know. You get, you, 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 you get to the point, though, like this is back-to-back off-seasons where you you knew what the score was going yep. to be. Yep. And you continued to operate as it uh, was. And you're, I guess what I'm saying is, you're you're leaning into the LTIR and you're trying to find ways like all right um, if we get close enough like Vancouver was incredible they hit it on the number on the number on the, on number. the dollar and so right. just for people who don't fully understand the cap like we've all you before you go into LTIR you want to get as close to the cap as you can because then when you put yes. player X is five million on the cap you get the full five million over right you want yeah. to be as close as you can and so the Leafs. Like in previous years, everybody was like, well, we're 26,000 away. That's close enough. We're 30,000 away. Yeah. We're 110,000 away, whatever it might be. This year, the Leafs came in $4 under the cap. And you're like, man, that's as close as it gets. And Vancouver's like, nope, we yeah. hit it on yes. the dot. Like, but, but my point was going to be yeah. great. If that, if that's your strategy. And it's it's not a loophole. It's knowing the system and working it to the to yep. your advantage, yep. to the best way that you can. And this is not a leaf criticism because a lot of teams do it. We just brought up many of us. Yeah. So, but here's, I don't want to hear the whining though. And I see this quite a bit and it's more fan whining and, and some other media whining that can go on about, oh, they got to change the rules because it's just not fair. If a team's got to play short, say, hey, man, eyes wide, you knew, this was your choice. Yeah. You chose to put yourself into this position. You did. To the point where you're manipulating your roster yeah. for LTIR on the last day of training camp. So this was your choice to go this route. So if things go sideways, I don't want to hear any whining. Like well, it's this, funny. Th- this like, is how this is how you chose to do business. Sheldon Keefe has been probably more honest than Dubas would want him to be. Like he's basically said at the end of camp when he was, you know, how much will the cap factor into your roster selection. He's like, yeah, it obviously will. Like yeah. Nick Robertson has earned a spot, but he's waiver exempt and Mulgren or Mulgan, uh, Gino Mulgan yeah. uh, is not. So yeah, he's probably going to have to go down. Um, and he came out and he said, basically, once we decided to sign Callie Yarncroke, we knew this was the situation we'd be in. It's exactly. $2.1 million. So 
they knew ahead of time. Like, There's no drama in training camps anymore, for the most part, right? <laughs> you, we can all go to cap friendly. Yeah. All right, who's waiting for example? Yeah, exactly. How much is making it? Bonus over a chair. All right, I got the team picked here. Go ahead. But it sounded like <laughs> early in the summer they weren't going to make that deal, and then yeah. once and they were going to leave themselves some space. And once they decided that Cali Yarncroke was a guy that would fit and was willing to come at that number. Just, all right, we're going to do this again for another year, right? Right up against it. And and it was funny when they signed off the PTO, Zach Aston Reese, his his number's really weird. It's like 800, uh, $826,630 or something. Like, why would it be that specific? I was like, because that's it. That is all the money they had. We'll give you every dime that's left under the cap. That was a negotiation with the agent. All right, look it. We're Here it play, is. We're going to play poker with our cards up. This is it. Yeah. All right. Do you want it? Do you or want not? it or not? Because <laughs> you're getting the last of it. Right. <laughs> it's just it, it's it's so wild the way this is panned out, and I I just think that at some point Dubas has decided every year people get hurt. No team goes the whole year without, and at some point you're just like, well, when everybody's healthy, you're gonna have to trade somebody. But maybe there isn't a point in the year where everybody gets healthy, right? We we do the Matt Murray thing to the middle of November, and by then Jake Muzzin's probably out, and then somebody else has sprained an ankle, and then it's you can kind of negotiate your way through the season. And if at some point he does have to trade somebody, then he was he knew all along he was going to have to do it. But it, it's almost that that Lou Lamorello line we used to hear all the time when he was GM of the Leafs: "If you have time, use it." Absolutely. Right? Don't trade Justin Hall just because you think yes. at some point you're going to have to make it. Tra- Wait till you actually have to make a trade. And, exactly. And no, see. So that's wise advice. It is. It is. If you have time, use it. So uh, the Leafs off to an interesting start. They they lose a fairly embarrassing one to Montreal, who's not supposed to be any good. Um, you couldn't f- have seen a more embarrassing way to lose in that final, I think it was 18 seconds left or whatever, when Muzzin throws one right up the middle, it gets picked off and it's in the back of your net before you know it. Uh, Washington, they scrape by with Samsonov, not looking great in the first, but shutting the door late. And then the Ottawa game on Saturday, uh, I thought they played fine, but not great. Um, kind of same thing I would say about Ottawa. They played fine, but not great. And that game came right down to the end yeah. where uh, it was it a coin flip gone either game. way, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at this point, I, the Leafs D looks rickety and slow a little bit. <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, maybe with Mark Giordano and, and Jake Muzzin, that shouldn't be a surprise. But you also have Sandine playing on his offside. Um, Hall and Muzzin had a terrible game one. They've been okay in the, the next two games. I think ideally they wanted Brody to play with Muzzin. But when Lilligren got hurt, that was the natural fit with Riley. And now you're kind of left. All well, right. what's going to happen here is, l- let's say the Leafs are a good team, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they're, we all know that um, the thing with the Leafs, it's about the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but th- this is a excellent team. So they're gonna they're kind of judged against um, themselves, right? From previous years. Yeah. So it's where it stands right now. We've seen this for years, time and time again. If you're a team and you and you go through a stretch and like, you know what? They're missing this. They should be a little bit better in this area. If the Leafs are just okay until when Lilligren's healthy and ready to go. Yep. Okay. Between now and then, by the time he plays his first game, he's going to be Bobby Orr. Right, yeah, with the of way course. the way he's going to be. Oh, He'll just, save us. Oh, Jeez. Lilligren's back. There <laughs> we go. The guy we all thought was a bust a year ago at this time. Ex- no, but <laughs> and again, I'm, I got to reiterate. I'm not picking on the Leafs. This is a 
common oh, whatever team. If said if one you player build is your out, own guy up. it could be a fourth line guy, yep. it, whatever it is. And if things aren't going as well as you would thought, well, oh, this guy he's getting close. I, this is this totally is going to be the answer. Yeah. So when he so I'll ask you when he gets back in, is that D still good enough? It's about winning the Stanley Cup in Toronto. Right. We talked about Ottawa's pressure earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Ottawa's pressure is to have a good start and not be dead by Christmas. Right. Okay? <laughs> yes. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. It's about a competitive year. Hopefully, don't be sellers at the deadline. Go down, and maybe you make the playoffs. Maybe you don't. Yeah. I think that is realistically where they're at. But they've got to they got to The Leafs, man, it's win around. But it's also But it's also, let's be the legit Stanley Cup contender that you're supposed to be. Right. Is that D configured that way right now? Yeah, see, it's funny because, in my opinion, last year, Lilligren did show himself to have finally arrived, right, and and be a capable second or third pair right D. But as soon as the playoffs started, Keefe was like, I didn't like that because he got pushed around a bit right in front of his own net. So he went and sat down. Labushkin is back in, right? We're going to do that thing in the playoff. And, and that thing is the thing we do, right? We, the Leafs are too skilled. They're too talented, not too talented. You know what I'm saying? They're not tough enough, right? Mm -hmm. They're built in a weird way. And we saw Keefe react to that right away in game one against Tampa, that Lilligren had had a very good season, but he didn't love the way he was getting pushed around early in that playoff series. So they, they yanked him back out of there. That's going to remain a huge question mark. You'd like to see in this second year, uh, as a full timer, can you stand up to that a little bit more? Because I really do think that, yeah, you need to see Brody probably playing with Muzzin to help him out. That was the best Muzzin looked all year last year. And Liljegren is good enough to play with Riley in the rec, uh, regular season in the playoffs. I don't know. And is Sandine good enough? in the in the playoffs, right? And Giordano is getting older. I think at $800,000 in third pair, Giordano is good enough to do oh, that. that's good value. Right, but is it a good enough D? I think the Leafs D, to be honest with you, is underrated, but I don't know if it's a cup-winning D. People remember for decades, the Leafs D was hysterical, right? Here's Matt Hunwick, and here's Carl Gunnarsson, and here's uh, top pair, you know, Mark Fraser or whatever, uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm thinking of Mike Koska. Mark Fraser was on the same team, but Mike Koska played top pair Thor. minutes with Dion Phaneuf in that 2013 Toronto-Boston debacle that it turned out to be. The Leafs' D isn't bad, but I don't know if it's a cup-winning D. And the problem is, if Matt Murray can't play, are you looking for a goalie at the deadline instead of looking for that one more top four D that maybe does make you a Stanley Cup winning defense. I don't think it's a bad defense, and I think it's a better than a first round defense. I don't know if it's a cup winning defense. It's just uh, they're 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 a fascinating team to talk about. Yeah, they are um, because you know the top end talent is undeniable. The regular season success is there. Um, they've come so close to winning a round and found a way to unfortunately lose yep. in the first round. Like what is missing? How are they going to push it over the top? And when you look at it right now, goaltending is a massive question mark yep. still, and their overall blue line depth is like you're. you're you, I think it's a fair. Th- I think it, they get ripped too much. Yeah. Sometimes the blue line. Um. I, I think it's decent, but when you couple that with rolling the dice and your goalies again, I think that kind of yes. You know, you lean into that narrative. 
are you good enough defensively from your blue line back? Well, in two straight games out in Edmonton, Jack Campbell has been lit up early mm. and, and, and it kind of makes you go, yeah, maybe that Leafs D wasn't quite as bad as mm. they were in, in a lot of defensive, you know, advanced metrics last year, top seven, top eight, like not the best in the league, but fine. Right. In terms of limiting high danger scoring chances, high and Edmonton's D is not that, and he's getting kind of pumped a little bit out there and, and it might just be early jitters. You never know, but they've committed to him for five years. And, uh, you know, uh, it's funny to think that on Saturday morning, Kyle Dubas was rightfully being criticized for the way he was evaluating and managing his goaltending. And then by the end of Saturday night, when Jack Campbell had been yanked and had given up seven goals well, into, he'd go, yeah, you know what? Maybe he knows a little bit about goaltending, just not commit to that guy for five years. But he- here's, here's a question I'll put to you. Hmm. Would you have rather, and that's easy, hindsight's 2020. Okay. Campbell, bye. Bye, Jack. Yeah. We're just not going to do that. Yeah. We're, we're not going to do that money. We're not going to do that term. You're a great guy. See you later. Yep. So if that doesn't cost you anything. He's no assets, no sweeteners. You're just gone. Yep. You know what? Marazzle dazzle. <laughs> you're under contract. We're just going to keep you and we're going to sign the Samsonov and it's going to be an open competition and we don't do the Murray trade. <laughs> And you're not paying 75% of Matt Murray. Right. And what would you, Lee Fan, Matt Robinson, would you rather, it's like, why wouldn't you just sign Sam, Samsonov and keep him and have him come in to compete with Morazic rather than. It's not do, crazy. Do the Matt Murray gymnastics. It's not crazy. It's Peter Morazic. And you'd have more money to play with. Yep. When you rolled the dice on Peter Morazic uh, last year before that season started. Nobody loved the fact that that was three years, but that's how you got him to come on a slightly lower number. No, no, but, but, but well, uh, what's uh, done uh, is done. What's yeah, done is no, done. And, and so that's what I'm saying is, should you have just lived with that, gone, he's not going to be that hurt and that bad again this year, right? Because goaltending is always a roll of the dice, unless you have one of those top six or seven guys in the leagues, your, your Hellebucks and your Sorokins and your Shesterkins and... Vasilevsky's right. Unless you have one of those guys, it's always a roll of the dice. So don't spend big money on it. Um, I don't think it would have been crazy to keep Morazic and just go, yeah, we don't expect you to be a Vesna contender, but we don't expect you to sewer us like you did last year. And yeah, then roll in with Samsonov at, I don't even know what he's making 1.5 or something like that. Former first round pick. Mm-hmm. And just go one of those guys, the Leafs don't need a Vesna candidate. They need someone to be good enough, right? And you just roll the dice. Because I don't think, quite frankly, that Morazic is a crazier roll of the dice than Matt Murray is. Well, that's, that's and I just, yeah. thank you for buying time as you- uh, I was working you, my way through it. That's good. No, no, no. I appreciate that. That's the beauty of co-hosting on radio. <laughs> you can tell, like, I need, because I wanted to get my facts straight before I came. So here are the transactions, okay? Um, Matt Murray was traded to the Ottawa Senators with a third round pick mm-hmm. in 2023. And a seventh round pick in 2024. So you get a couple of picks out of it. Third round picks, seven's like, it's a seventh. Yep. Two picks and... Traded from the Ottawa Senators. Exactly. Yep. So it's like, we'll take Murray. Yeah. We'll take the two picks. Yeah. And we'll pay 75% of his 6.1, whatever the cap it was. Yeah. So, all right. Obviously, Ottawa wants to move this guy, <laughs> right? Clearly. Like, there's, there's sweeteners involved That's there. That's the part I don't understand how Dorian ended up with the leverage in that trade, but... Peter Morazic yeah. traded from the Leafs with a first-round pick. first-round pick. To Chicago. Now, to be fair, 
for they a second round pick. like 10 spots. I, I know. You're right. No, you're I, right. The audience may not know Lloydie. That's know. what we're doing here. I know. I know. But, you like, know. it's just yeah. hindsight's twenty twenty. Yep. It's so very easy for us to be critical. At, but I will say this. At the time, I couldn't believe that the Leafs were doing that. Me neither. I thought. I was stunned. Because I. When those reports first started to float, I was openly mocking the reporters on Twitter who were, and then, oh no, look, there it is. It's happening. It's real. Yeah. So is my sorrow. So anyways, we'll see how it plays out. Is uh, Matt Murray's going to miss 10 games. And I'll say this about Matt Murray all the time in the world for him. Yeah. I hope he's healthy yeah. and I hope, I, and I hope he can stay healthy and play. Um, I don't wish ill will on anybody, but it's just, um, unfortunately, it's very easy to say, I told you so at this stage for a lot of people. It's like, I have that being confirmed anyways. in my mentions. Anyways. Lots of, I yeah. told you And so. it's mean to say that, Matt. It's mean. Yeah. Because I, I don't like, again, I'd never wish ill will on an athlete. I hope Matt Murray gets healthy in place, but it's like, oh boy. Of all the mornings to happen, the morning the playing Ottawa town. early yep. in the year, and guess what? Matt Murray's hurt, and it's right off the hop. And because this was always the thought was, if he's healthy, he's probably fine. He's not a Vesna candidate. He's not a. You're on a. He'll be all right. You're on a much better team than you were. Yeah. You, you're probably going to be okay. Yeah. But can you stay healthy? Yeah. And here we are, first Saturday of the season, and no, you can't. And that's it. That's that's the problem. And I, I've said a few times on this show that I thought there was a reasonable possibility uh, that by the end of the season, Samsonov was the number one guy. He's not a safe bet either, but that maybe he comes in and he gets his feet underneath him quicker and he's going to have that opportunity now, right? He's going to get to run with this for a little while. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens. His first game against Washington looked a little shaky. His second game against Ottawa, again, was he great? No. Was he terrible? No. We'll We'll see what happens, right? He's got Arizona next. That seems like a classic Leaf letdown game after a matchup with the Sens. We'll see what that's going to look like, but um, we'll see, right? Wait till Chikrin rolls through town. Apparently he's going to be joining the team for practice soon. So he comes through that trip. It's going to be all Chikrin all the time with the talk. Yeah, Yeah. he's going to be, I don't know. That's not, look, he's a good defenseman. It's not a great fit with Ottawa, is it? It's not the perfect fit. But I know they're interested. Yeah, no, they, for sure. Just just because it's a great cap hit, um, young guy, good player. If he shot right, it'd be a perfect of course, fit. Yeah, but he doesn't. No. Um, so I'm not surprised they so haven't who moves. I can't believe him, Sanderson, or Shabbat. Someone's going to play the other side. They're not going to go chicken on your third pair. Well, my uh, anyways, my my thoughts on that is the player that's played the offside the most is Sanderson. He's played offside for Team USA. He's played offside at North He's Dakota. Go learn, kid. No, but the thing is, getting back to your, you, you said, ah, shit. He's good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, <laughs> he yep. he he can play right side. He can play left side. I think long term, um, I I wouldn't be surprised if he if he ended up playing some right side. What have you thought before we get out of here of the uh, the digital ads in the, oh, in the games? Because the first game bugged me, but now I'm over it. See, it doesn't bug me, and like the technology doesn't bug me. They're selling a shit all over the place, right? It's on the oh, helmet, it's on it. the jersey. That I'm... part, I, I don't care. It bugs me that you haven't figured out the tech yet, right? Yeah. Where it's still players are skating behind the ads on the board, or the puck just disappears, or yeah, like that part is 
I can remember the first time I ever saw this was a subway ad at Madison Square Garden behind both nets mm-hmm. in a Rangers game. Well, they put it up on the glass, right? Yeah. When you're watching it. It was. It was on the glass. And I can yeah. remember, like an idiot, going, imagine buying those expensive seats right behind the net only to have you. Know, someone had to go, no, nah, it's superimposed. But that's on the a credit to the technology. Of course. You were ready to do that, yep. obviously. Oh, you fooled uh, Matt. Of course. Yeah. Well, <laughs> power to you. Right. Like, Matt's easily fooled. But now it's on the boards. Like, that doesn't bug me that they're trying to maximize revenue by oh. doing that. But. It's not ready for prime time, clearly. Like, you were seeing all kinds of clips being posted online through these first few games of, yeah, the puck just disappearing or guys just, the way it's flashing up on the boards, it's, it's I don't know, it, it doesn't seem ready. It felt rushed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, we're close, but yeah. we need it now. You know what? Let's launch LRT. <laughs> we're oh good. My, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> it's an all-too-perfect comparison. <laughs> uh Lloydie, appreciate you doing this, man. Well, it's a tough commute, as I said. I know. So. It's, uh, yeah. Grab a couple of Rob's pints out of there while he's, uh, Rob will be back next weekend if the good listener is, uh, is worried. Uh, he's out of town this weekend. Like I said, though, coming up on Tuesday, we got Maddie Lang talking Raptors. On Wednesday, Steve Bunda's here talking about UFC 280. Bunds! That's a stacked card. And, uh, I know Bunda's excited to get in here and, and talk about that. Bunda is one of those guys that his report card, no doubt in my mind, always said, uh, works hard in class, but does not follow instructions because, uh, he brings me beer more than he comes and drinks my beer. He's, he refuses to show up here without something, which he I, which I appreciate, but heart of gold. That's, that's not the deal. You no. come up here and drink TCA's beer. That's the trade off. Uh, so we love Bunda and he's coming in to do that. Uh, lots more good stuff to come. Uh, you can catch Steve Lloyd every day, 10 to two. Most days. Sometimes he's got to go fill in on the morning show. Um, I'm yeah. In November during World Cup, I'll be all over the map, but you home base, Ooh, yeah. 10 to 2. There we go. We're trying to get AJ back in here for a little pre-World Cup talk. He was concerned uh, last time he was in here about what the beer drinking rules were going to be off-site, right? There's rules? Well, in Qatar. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, when he yeah, goes there. When he oh, goes I thought you were talking about rules Cup. here. No, okay, there's no rules here. All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when you roll into Qatar... Not allowed to just drink whenever you want, uh, but Buzz Wa- uh, Buzzweiser, close enough. Uh, Budweiser <laughs> is one of the uh, chief sponsors of the World Cup, so in stadium you're going to be allowed to drink. But he was slightly concerned, you know, what kind of li- he had to apply for some kind of license to be able to have beer at wherever they're staying, this apartment or, or mm-hmm. whatever. So uh, we're going to try and get AJ back in here to uh, let us know if he's got his beer license successfully. <laughs> he's probably nice and beer going, license, nice. Huh. It's one of those things, right? So uh, we'll look to get that going. Lloydie, thank you so much for doing this, man. Appreciate you coming in. No problem. And uh, we'll wind this one down here. We're on Twitter and Instagram, at Tall Can Audio. And uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're hearing us right now on your favorite podcast app. There's a follow button. There's a subscribe button. Go ahead and hit it. Uh, we'll wind this one down. For Steve Lloyd, my name's Matt Robinson. We'll catch you all next time. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. But now the time has come to go if this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow i'd be in heaven still doing this show see you some other time